I see you, yeah you, flipping through all the podcasts, looking for something different. Tired of those with all the catchy phrases, a one-size-fits-all quick fix schemes that never seem to fit. My name is Anthony Hart, and if you are like me, you want more than a moment. We are looking for a movement of groundbreakers and world changers who are tired of the status quo, willing to throw it all up to see what sticks, willing to ask a question before pointing a finger. This is your invitation into a collection of thoughtful ponderings posed to make you think, one-on-one conversations that challenge you with fresh perspective, and roundtable discussions where sparks fly as iron sharpens iron. Intrigued? Pull up a seat. We've been waiting for you. But don't get comfortable. You might be up next. In the Red is now in session. Let's go. Well, we are in the middle of a sermon series. I say in the middle. We don't know when it's going to end, but we're somewhere in the middle-ish. We've been talking since the beginning of the year uh, about the kingdom. I think it's something we need to talk about more in church because we are a part of a kingdom that's bigger than the four walls we now reside in. Amen? It's, I don't know why it is, but we have all these many kingdoms within the kingdom. And it prevents those kingdoms from talking with other kingdoms. Think about it in your workspace. You know them. There's the Methodist. There's the Baptist. There's the Pentecost. And anytime we talk about, mm, could be anything from politics to religion, everybody goes to their corners because ooh, we've got, all got our own thoughts. And when Jesus came, he came to undo as much as he came to do. Really, he only came to do a couple of things that hadn't already been done. He came to die on the cross for our sins. Nobody could do that. For the most part, everything else he came to do was undoing because they had everything. They had the word. They had the Old Testament. Everything had been delivered from God to them, but it wasn't working. Man had messed it up. The children of Israel had somehow taken this truth and made it their own thing. That doesn't sound familiar, does it? So he came to undo and restore. So we talked over the last couple of weeks about the foundation of the kingdom and what that looked like. And we've been preaching out of Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, And we're going to take this pause and reflect over the last couple of weeks. And I've encouraged you guys that have been here over the last couple weeks, to begin to take notes, have questions. If you've had questions over things that we've talked about, please, I want to open the mics up today for you to share. If you have a testimony over something over the last couple of weeks that God's done or undone in your life, I want you to share. If you have a struggle, this is a safe place. And I know if this is your first time here, you're like, I don't know about these people. This is a safe place where you can share in hopes that we can walk through this with you. You don't have to carry this stuff alone. And I think that is at the heart of what the kingdom represented, what Jesus represented. It was not Jesus come out, stand on a stage, tell you what you're supposed to do, not what you're not supposed to do, and then go behind the stage and disappear until the next sermon or the next uh, revival. It was to intimately walk this out in a way nobody else did, share it in relationship with those who were hungry for something real, something genuine, something new. And I think that's where the church is today. We're hungry. There's those of us who have done it our whole life, and it's like, I don't know. There's just something missing, something I need more of. There's somebody that's coming in today, maybe this is your first time in church, like, I've searched out there, and there's just something I need, something I'm not finding anywhere else. I don't know what it is, but I ended up here today somehow. Somebody invited me. No matter where we're coming from, Jesus represents that. He is the peace that we're missing. That could be P-I-E-C-E, or for some of you, P-E-A-C-E. Whatever you're missing today, that's what he represents. So we want to get in this. I have about five sermons I can preach today. So if y'all ain't got nothing to say, just know. It ain't like, y'all been talking out there. If we don't say nothing, we'll be out here in 1125. <laughs> you must be the first time in this church if you think that's true. <laughs> or we're going to pray for your mind because you've lost it. 
No, I have some passages. I have some thoughts, but I really want this to be a conversation. I want this to be two-way. I want somebody's got something today that God's put on your heart, and I believe could be the key to unlocking it for something for somebody else, or generating a conversation line that I wasn't necessarily preparing for today, but I've been prepared for, or somebody else has been prepared for. That's the beauty, I think, of what God wants to do here today. But I have some passages I want to read, and then we'll get right to it. Y'all ready? Okay, that means y'all got something today. Amen. Matthew 6.33, this is a passage we've not even got to in his sermon yet, but I think it is at the core of what he is preaching about. And I think everything he's preached from Matthew 5 through Matthew 6.32 is in preparation for this statement. And we'll get to it more in depth in a couple of weeks, but I really wanted to establish this thought. And it is this, most everybody knows this, it is, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Now, in this specific instance, he's talking about some specific things that they're worried about, things of life, the everyday things, the food, the clothes, all that stuff. But I think it opens up to so much more. That statement has so much more depth than we could even imagine. But if you seek first the kingdom of God, which is all that Jesus has been preaching about, not the kingdom of Israel, not the kingdom of the Pharisees, but the kingdom of God, which is now being expanded. Jesus is positioning the church to be bigger. That's why we're here today. That's why we don't have to be in Israel in the kingdom of God. We've been invited into this space. But when we seek the kingdom of God, we also have to seek his righteousness. So Isaiah 28, 16 through 17. Yes, we're going to go back to the Old Testament a bit. I put a tab and then I don't even trust the tab. Isaiah 28, 16, 17. It will be on the screen if you don't have it. It says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not be in haste, and I will make justice the line and righteousness the plumb line. Now go back and read this again. Behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone. And then you find in Psalms, which I won't read, but in Psalms 118, it talks about the cornerstone that the builders rejected. So if you've never been into building or trying to build a home or something even larger, a wall, there was always a piece that they had to start from. This cornerstone uh, that they're talking about in Isaiah represents something that is the beginning of the foundation. It is the place where everything was built off of. So um, if you're anything like me, I got to have every straight angle in the book if I'm going to build anything. And I will measure it a hundred times. Morgan knows if she's got me putting up shelves, it is not a five-minute experiment. It's a day-long thing because I'm going to measure it, draw it on a piece of paper, all of that. Why? Because I have, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it right. And any of my shipyard, anybody worked in the Navy or shipyard, what do you do twice? Measure twice, cut once, right? That's commonplace. So in Isaiah, what Isaiah is talking about, a lot of Isaiah's discussion with the children of Israel is very prophetic in nature in that it's not, he's not just talking to a, the now moment. He's talking beyond. He is talking about establishing, reestablishing what the kingdom meant. So we find this in the prophetic uh, words in the Old Testament that they're speaking into the Messiah who's coming. They're declaring... She talked about that word. We're making evidence something before it ever physically happens. Jesus is coming. Now, I hear this a lot in society. I'm, gonna ma I'm manifesting this. You can't manifest anything with your words. Let me just take that off. Like That would mean that you had some amount of control over God. If you say it the right way or if you say it with the right, <clears throat> like you believe it, it's going to happen. It's not true. A lot of people that say those things in this new age mentality, when they say manifest it, they're working alongside that. So it's actually not their manifesting words that do it. It's their ability to go work towards something. 
But then when they say it, it, it throws off a whole other thing. And then we have this layer in the church where they believe you say anything, it's going to happen. And then I always wonder, like, well, why don't those people have house and cars and all the things? Why are they in debt and all the things? Like, there's power to our words. I will declare that. There's things that we say or we don't say. And what we do is we do manifest these things in our life, but it's because we work at them or we don't work at them. We talked over the last couple of weeks about the victim mentality that occurs. We manifest those words in our life. Why? Because that's what we believe about ourselves, and we don't push beyond them. There's the brokenness. There's the uh, slave mentality. There's um, the poverty mindset. Those things, we manifest them in our life because we just speak them over ourselves. We're not any better than that. That's what's been given to us, what's been done to us. So we're stuck in that place. What Jesus is coming to do is, is reestablish what was intended for the kingdom of God. He is that cornerstone. And the Pharisees, the ones that were supposed to be building this thing, rejected him face-to-face with the word, with the cornerstone, with what it's supposed to build from and look like, and they can't grasp it. And I think we get stuck in the same place far too many times. But I want to share this, and then we're going to go right into to your thoughts, because I think this sets the standard going back to that statement, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, in Isaiah, he said, I have to flip back because I turn my Bible. He said, and I will make justice the line and righteousness the plumb line. So here we're back into measurements and links and, and standards, right? So justice, the line. So in this, he's talking about like a measuring tape, the length, the line. Justice will be the length. In other words, justice will determine how far you go. Okay? I think we spend a lot of time in the kingdom worried about what we're supposed to do. And you've heard this over the last couple of years with social justice and things uh, getting behind some of these agendas. The church should be doing more. And I agree, we need to be doing more, but there's another piece of this puzzle where it says, and righteousness, the plumb line. I got any plumbers in here? Yeah, nobody's owning up to that? Anybody that's not a plumber and has done plumbing? Mm, yeah. I, I understand the stank on your face. A plumb line does not measure length. It does not measure stature. What's it measure? depth. And plumb line has a weight on the end of it, and you drop it down to wherever it is, and when it hits the bottom, then you can measure the depth of something. So justice will determine our length, but our righteousness determines our depth. Why are the two of those important? Because if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness then what he's saying, the more, the deeper you get, the deeper you can allow him to dig you and get into you, opens you up to be more available and to do more with what you've got. When we meet Jesus for the first time, when we meet that cornerstone for the first time, like it or not, we're not very deep. And we can get satisfied in our shallowness. But it's when we allow him to begin to start digging in our lives, getting deeper, when that righteousness, because that's what Jesus represented. Everything he did was his righteousness, the way he walked, the way he talked, the way he lived. The invitation was to observe it, live it, receive from it, so that you might begin to walk that out. In turn, begins to dig dig those deeper wells in you. All right. Just the thought that I had right off the top that I really wanted to present. But I want to open the floor up for a conversation. And this is open to all of you. Like I said, I have topics that I can go into. But is there anybody who over the last couple weeks has just has a testimony of maybe God's done or undone something in you that maybe positioned you to speak into somebody's life or has a question over something we've talked about? We have a microphone, so don't get scared. You're in a safe place. Right back here. 
And I want you to be listening too, because as she's sharing, or she has a question, and God puts something on your heart, you may have the answer, not me. So this is our time together. Hey, I'm Sierra. I met you guys through the Jubilee last year. You had the closest park, so I came here. And um, when I first came here, um, so backstory, I was raised Pentecostal, left that. Um, tried every religion, left that. Um, joined the Navy, went overseas, left all my religion in America, and came back pregnant after refine myself again. Um, that was like four years ago. Now I'm back on my journey. Met my husband in the Navy. So when I came here to the Jubilee, and um, I don't see her, but she was like, "You're gonna love it here." Our pastor just regular, and he wears Vans when he preaches. He's real. He's, he's basic. I was like, "Okay, cool. I'll come back." <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> And um, when I came back, I remember you were talking about tithing. And when I transitioned out the military, I went contracting for a little bit. I felt like I was back in the Navy, and I left the Navy to be more of a mom. Any vets or active duty, you know, you don't really get that much time to be with your children or family in general. So my kids were young, and me and my husband are both active. I said, you know, I'm about to do something. At one point, we're going to both be deployed. And he just came back from like a 10-month deployment. And I, um, I quit my job, and I started going to school. Well, I quit my job for a little bit and just stayed home, just didn't do anything. And I started going to school, and I came back here again. You were talking about tithing. I'm like, oh, no, God, um, I don't have a job. So you can't give from nothing. And God last year just kept speaking to me and saying that he was greater than what I was holding on to. And so I started giving. Every time I came into something, I gave. I was ready to drop out of school because I was just so tired, and I Maintain a 4.0 for my school year last year. I made the National Honor Society, but I gave my time. When every time I came into money, I gave, I gave. If I didn't have money for a friend, I just cooked them something. Giving is more just than just money. So fast forwarding to this year, you had a sermon. You preached this um, maybe a week or two. You said $800 and don't walk out with money because God's going to use it. And uh, he does. So I try my best not to carry that much cash or he's going to make me go to the ATM. And he's definitely made me do that before. So I fast forward to, I, we have our given statements from church. And I realized in the midst of me not working, just going to school, and I struggled financially and I cried and I, I complained. And just like you spoke, if all we're manifesting is bad, that's all that's going to prosper in our life. And I was like, you know, I'm going to speak life into my situation. I'm going to be active. I'm just going to give from what whatever I have in, in me. And I got my tithing statement back this year, and that's the most I've ever given in my life. And I didn't have anything to give. I didn't have a job. I didn't work. I didn't, I didn't do anything. And I realized, even when I was in the Navy, active, CPAY, whatever you have, my given last year trumped anything in the past 10 years. And that's just from trusting God. He paid our bills. We still vacationed. My husband still had decent deployment. No? Okay. Well, anyway, um, I don't, I didn't spend all his money. So um, we, he still had a decent deployment, I think. And just going back to since I've been here, it's been so, so nurturing for my, for my spirit. Even my children, when they leave here, my, my kids are praying. And my daughter's like, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. She touched the dog, in Jesus' name. And it's just, it's so beautiful to see that it's more than just, Love for people here is love for God. When we, if there's a need, you guys are really there to help. And for the longest, when I was overseas, I watched a lot of social media pastors. And since I've grown in my faith, I've learned that a lot of these pastors are just entertainers. They're not really preaching the gospel. They're not talking about the kingdom. They're not doing what it takes to really save your soul. And when you became, when you become closer to Christ, you know it's more than just being a good person. You naturally need to sold out to, you know, enter the kingdom. And well, that's my opinion anyway. But I found love coming here. I may not come every Sunday, just sometimes work is kind of crazy or schoolwork. But the times I am here, you guys make me feel like I'm family. My kids love coming. They get candy. Not really a fan of that. But um, they, they enjoy it. My daughter wakes up, Mommy, we're going to church today. And it's just so beautiful. And I'm happy to just have gone to the Jubilee and just met you guys. And it's just, I'm so happy to have my family and my husband. His first time here since he's been deployed, and you guys have honestly just been a great family to us. I'm just grateful. 
You know, Sarah, it's, it's, it's something that's been taught in the church, and I've been there back, is you get busy doing things under your own ability, what's been taught to you, and that's that links piece. You can go and do a lot of things, and people will observe, like, oh, look at all that they've done. But there's something that you can't doubt when you see that the depth isn't there. And that's the piece of it, that righteousness, seeking after him. It's the quiet moments that you're not out there, hey, look at me. It's God, I want you to see me. It's the audience of one. When you change your audience, he increases your length by increasing your depth. It's weird how it works that way, but as he begins to do this, it prepares you to go further than you can even go. It's almost like if you hold a ball underwater and you let go of it, it's like the deeper you go, the more force it's going to have when it goes, and it can go further. It's a little bloop, bloop. I think as you dig and he releases you, it allows you to go further. Look at the disciples and all that they did. They died for this cause. They gave everything. Horrible deaths. If the depth wouldn't have been there, they would have gone and walked away just like a lot of other people did the moment Jesus walked off this earth. Mm, he's gone, I'm gone. But it's the ones he had invested and dug those deep spaces in of relationship that they went further than one could even imagine, further than they probably even thought they were able to. And I think that's what he's calling us because that's the greatest impact is when we allow him to impact us. Somebody else? You know, tithing is the hardest sermon for me to preach. I don't like to preach it. Just talking to people is like in that church, it will push some people out of church. But for me, it's an invitation. And I think what you just shared is your testimony. That's, that's the way I do it too, is I share my testimony of giving. I never declare that you have to do what I did. It's an invitation. That's, the word says it. I can only give it to you. But it's always, and that's the beautiful way of Jesus did the kingdom, was invited you into the kingdom. Not tell you have to be in it. He'd love for you to be in it but he always invited people into it. And I think that's with everything we do. And your testimony, your story invites people into this. Somebody else? Oh, Lord. Kiki, Kiki. Thanks for sharing, Sierra. Um, I'm Kiki, y'all. And... I didn't grow up in the church or religious and everything, but I came here for um, the clothing closet one day, and I met Andrea, and I just asked her, I was like, can you just tell me about Jesus and stuff? Because like Anthony be talking about, I fell into that um, new age spirituality, you know, with the law of attraction and manifesting and everything like that, but it was something missing, like... When I learned that um, Jesus is not this scary guy that, you know, he just want to punish you and, and God is not mad at you. He just want a relationship with you. It really just changed my life. And I've um, still been through struggles ever since I found Jesus, but it's a peace now. And... Um, like Sierra was saying, I found a family being here with y'all, and um, I just love y'all, and um, yeah, life is good. I'm pregnant right now, about to have a baby in July. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and um, I, I wasn't going to share. I, I was just going to not say anything, but I don't know. God just told me to say something, so, yeah. Thank y'all for listening. <laughs> well, Kiki, that foundation that God's establishing for you and through you, now that you have this child, becomes you. You've got to carry that on in your home. I think that's what we preach about and talk about so many times is this isn't for this moment. Everything we share in this moment is for tomorrow. It's for your intimate moments that you're going to walk into this week. That's why everybody comes in and has an intimate experience based on what you've come in carrying or what you're about to walk into. 
If we all receive the same thing, then that means we're all going to experience it. I'll see you tomorrow because we're all going to be in the same place. I'll see you on Thursday. We're all going to be in the same place. That's not the way it works. We all have a trajectory when we leave here after the service is over. So we have that calling, that intimate connection to take what we need out of the sermon, to connect with it. And he is leading you in that space of motherhood. So now you're going to be, as you get to that place, you're eating for two, right? There will be a season spiritually where you'll be eating for two, where you have to begin to share that. But the invitation is as your kid grows older, as that baby gets older, you begin to teach them how to care for themselves. It's the same way as this eating process. Spiritually, it's the same way. And for many of you, it's not from the child perspective. It's for people who are infants in your life who don't know God. Through your process of sharing, not preaching at them, not shoving it down their throat, but living, that was the purpose of Jesus, demonstrating this to his disciples. If I can get you to live this, your audiences are already established. The place you're going to be at tomorrow is already open. If I can get you to live this, you're going to open the door for somebody to experience me because I'm not always going to be with you. Anybody else? That's right. If we can go front to back as much as possible and get Scott's steps in. And also, if anybody, if you are watching the online, if anybody has something online... Please let me know. I was waiting for Scott to walk all the way back there first. <laughs> and I raised my hand before Taisha did. So I just want to, I'm a little bit tired this morning, but I do want to say, did everybody feel God's presence when we were singing and playing? I know I do. When I'm up there, I'm worshiping. But, you know, we walk out of here on a high. His presence it's always there. Some of you know I lost my son. I got the call. He didn't show up for work. And uh, I had to walk into his room. Man, if you could just feel. It was like warm. Something right out of the dryer put over my shoulder. And he walked in there with me. I mean, I, I look at her sometimes and think, why do you love me? And, and then I think about what I bring to the table, and I get it. But, <laughs> but God, we don't deserve that love. I mean, it's just such a gift, and I appreciate it. And I appreciate having a church family to worship with and all the support I've had through, through this. But his presence is always there. Have you ever just, like, almost stepped on your dog because it's right there all the time? I mean... Dog is God backwards. I mean, I don't know if that, but he's right there. And when you need him, he'll be there. That's all. Thank you. You're supposed to let Scott walk all the way back first. I'm Ty. Um, Ty, we know you because every time we have one, these, you talk. Um, um. Did y'all um, find that closet space that Pastor was talking about? Because I did. And I built more intimacy with God over the past couple weeks. Um, Sierra, um, you did great pushing through everything, but that was meant for you. Um, I was talking to Pastor last week, and I was sharing. Um, I was six weeks into nursing school, <laughs> and I prayed about it um, because the program that I was in, um, I wasn't learning anything. It's like I was just getting up every day and trying to pass these exams, but I wasn't retaining anything, and I just felt like it's not the right time. It, it, it's not for me right now. And even though I really, really wanted to, you know, continue with my career, I was just so confused and I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. So 
I I prayed about it, um, and I left it in God's hands. And um, I reached out to my student advisor, and uh, um, I told her that I'm going to pull myself out of school because it just doesn't feel right. And I went into the office, and I spoke with her, and you know, voiced my concerns, and she um, she gave me an email of someone that will be able to help me in terms of finances because some of the classes end this week. And one of the classes I was like, I have an A in the class and she suggests that I finish that class because it's just one week left. And so I was like, okay. And she said that I should reach out to this person in the finance department and explain my situation. and. I sent that email that very same evening after I left, and he got back to me the next day, and all the classes that, except for the one that I'm going to finish, they cancel all all the um the tuition fees for that um <laughs> for those classes, so I won't be paying for those, and um I'll be. Even though I'll be dropping out, I will still have that one ethics class. I'll have an A on my transcript to move forward. So I just wanted to share this to you guys because, you know, a lot of times we're in situations where we just don't know what to do. And, you know, when Pastor said that you, we need to find that intimacy and that space with God, um, I will definitely recommend you guys doing that because he never fails. Thank you. And we all have it. We all have these filters in place that prevent us from having that intimate space. The things we don't release and let go of. Um, I'll share, you know, just this week I had um, a friend of mine who a person in his intimate family over the course of years had committed suicide. And I'd, I'd ministered to him in the past, and we had talked via conversation and thought there was, you know, healing and restoration in it. Well, this week I saw a post on Facebook, and it was a street sign. And it had, uh, it was actually was a friend of ours who had their anniversary, and they had, you know, if you see a stop sign, it's got the two green signs on the top of it. Well, they had two pictures of one with her name and one with his name. Well, one with the one with his name had his name and then legacy with it. And when I saw it, this young man that I was previously talking about, it was his name as well. And, I, and God just kind of said, you need to send that to him. And I'm like, eh, okay, I'll get that to him. Yeah. And then instantly what happens? You get busy, you got other things. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll get to it later. And I just kept feeling this nudging. Nope, you got to do it now. And I'm like, okay, I'll stop whatever I'm doing. And I like cut and pasted this picture and sent it to him. And he responded back because I shared, it's like, you know, you are restoring and, but also like establishing legacy in your family. And he responded back and he said, I'm just in tears. You don't know how much I needed to hear that today. And as we begin to talk and share, I realized there was still some hurt in him. And as we begin to walk through that, um, just shared, you know, it's what God was giving me in that space to help him because that's the purpose too. Your space of intimacy also opens you up to help minister people through and into that place of intimacy. I realized in that space he had that filter. Why? Because I had a wife who almost took her life. So I've been on the other side of that filter. I've seen how it affects what we hear and what we pray, how we live, all those things. It goes back to what Jesus is trying to do. He's getting rid of the filters. Um. And just begin, just minister to him, share with him, and listen, more importantly, just listen. As we got that text thread, about six hours later, I get a text from him, and he says, you don't know how much your words meant today, because I just got off a phone call with a friend of mine who was calling and sharing, and he said, because of what we talked about, it opened me up to be listening, and as I begin to hear his hurt, it opened the door because he shared that he was contemplating suicide and I was able to talk him through that and off that ledge. So why am I telling you that? I'm telling you that because your intimate space opens you up to begin to discern and see it for other people when they can't see it. 
That's kingdom work. It's like you'll see it. You'll hear it. Why? Because you've gone through it. Your story is not your end. It is just somebody else's beginning. Marianne has a crazy testimony. And how many times, Marianne, has he used your testimony to speak into the lives of others? But if you held back because of the shame that was associated with that, you never would be that voice. So exactly what you're talking about, Ty, is that intimate place of intimacy. It doesn't end with just, okay, now I'm in that space with God. There's still that growing for you, but maybe it's in your family, your friends. As you begin to share that space, that testimony, you never know what that's going to do. But it's also going to give you ears to hear through people's filters. Somebody will say something, and somebody on the outside will be like, ooh, that's offensive. I can't believe they said that to you. You won't hear it in that way because it didn't come through the filter that they brought it through. Does that make sense? Because that same filter affects how we talk to people, how we receive things, all of those things. So that space of intimacy, that's the biggest importance. That learning to connect with him removes those filters, which makes you more effective in hearing and re- receiving and but also giving Um, what he wants you to do, to minister that gospel. If you're ministering it through those filters, it's going to be limited and it's going to be fractured with what Jesus intended. That's why he had to come unfiltered, unplugged, and and just deliver that word. Anybody else? My name's Jamie. Um, Hi, Jamie. When you said... um, you know, you were passing the mic around. I was praying for courage just to ask you guys for prayers for my grandfather who's in the hospital. And then I realized I needed to tell you the story of what happened. Um, my grandmother has Alzheimer's, and he had called for a nurse check to come see what's going on with her health. And she checked him first, and his pulse was 140. So took him straight to the ER. And from there, figured out he needed to have a pacemaker put in. Something still wasn't right, and they found a growth on his brain, and you could look at it two different ways. You know, geez, she should have never checked his pulse. We wouldn't know any of this, and he'd be fine, but he really wouldn't. We are in a position to have him in the hospital to hopefully get better, and I don't know. It was just, I thank God for being in my life to kind of look at it in that perspective. So I just wanted to share that my family can use some prayers. Jamie, would you would you come up here and we pray for you? I received a testimony. It's been some while back, but I don't know if y'all remember the last time we did one of these reflection services. I'm standing by you. Andrea's mom was here, and she came up that morning with a prayer request for her son, and he had nodules on his throat, and he was going to have to have surgery or something. Y'all remember this? And he works for the police dispatcher, and he was, this was affecting his job and all that. And you guys prayed for him. It wasn't me. We prayed for him about a month ago, and I, was, I meant to share this beforehand and completely forgot, but maybe this speaks life into you. She reached out, and she said, every one of those nodules are gone. Doctors just got the scans back. There's nothing there. She said, my son, he doesn't, he doesn't know where he's at in his faith. But she goes, today, for the first time, I shared with him what was done, what the prayer that was prayed. And she said, he kind of said, huh, that was all it was. I said, well, we'll just continue to pray that the same God that healed him will connect to his heart. But we serve a healing God. And it's hard to understand sometimes why we have to go through these things. I've shared this before. I've seen my dad completely healed from cancer. I've seen him had to go through cancer and go through the surgery and all the things. Two completely situations that was not handled the same way. And I was like, God, why? And he's like, you just have to trust me. And I've seen healing and I've seen in his journey and his walk in both those situations, testimonies occur. People he was able to speak life into. So, Jamie, we're going to pray for healing today. But we're also going to pray for God's wisdom and peace for you and your family and for open doors for him to be revealed to somebody. Because everything we walk through positions us to do that, to be a light. He says we have, we're called to be the salt. We're called to be the light. We're called to be different, to stand out, to introduce somebody to him and his ways and his love for them. So we're just going to pray that over you and your family today. What's his name? His name is Bill. Bill. I want to pray with him.
Andrew, would you come? I'll just pray. Father, we thank you today for Jamie. She's able to just open her heart to you, open this request to you. Father, we know that you hear our prayers, our cries. Father, you said cast all of our fears our anxieties on you because you care for us. So as she casts this burden upon you, I pray the Lord that you would just come alongside her, help her carry this, give her peace in the moment. Father, we pray for healing right now for Bill and for his body. Father, we pray for restoration in his mind. We pray for a restoration in this family, Lord, as you're bringing them together in this time because we know everything is used for your good. And we know that you require, you call for us to be um, vessels of love, grace, and mercy. So, Father, we just know that you're putting that in Jamie, that you have filled her up during the season for her to speak life in this moment, to not let the fear creep in, but to be that voice in this space. Father, we pray peace, healing, restoration over this family, and we just pray that your glory would be revealed to someone, that your gospel of grace and mercy would be revealed to someone who doesn't know you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, we're right at the 12 o'clock, but we're not going to, if anybody has anything. No one's asked any questions, but that's okay. Sometimes we just need testimonies. You know, I, God kind of opened the door for this testimony services back when the lights went out that Sunday. I told you, that was the most fearful moment of my life because I was like, oh, Lord. I remember the old testimony service. Anybody has been in church their whole life remember those old testimony services? You didn't know what was going to get said. And it always happened when you brought your best friend from school and you're like, oh, Lord. They are never coming back to church with me. It's your pastor's biggest fear. Like, oh, my goodness. But then I realized I say the craziest things around here, so y'all can't top that. So let's do it. And God has just worked in this time and time again. Testimonies are so powerful because, Jamie, just that one testimony opens the door for you to trust God in that space. And as you walk this out, there's going to be a time to share. There's going to be your testimony. It's going to help somebody the next time. Ty's testimony of, of that intimacy and what God is doing, and that opens a door. Somebody else is going through something that don't look like yours, but it's the connection to that same God, that intimate connection with them. Hi, my name, my name is Christian. Um, I decided to share my experience through everything. Um, I came from a troublesome uh, past. I got in a lot of trouble and stuff. I never really had a dad that was there to teach me everything I needed to know, so I kind of had to learn on my own. That also led me into a lot of trouble as a kid. Um, I never really was a Christian growing up. I got in way too much trouble than I probably should have. Um, well, maybe probably a couple months ago, I got into some really, really bad trouble. And I always, in the past, blamed everything on God. I don't know why I did what I, you know, I blamed him for everything. I don't know. I just felt like it was easier at that time to blame him. But um, he ended up getting me through a struggle of my life. I don't know why. I, I just felt like I really needed help at that point. Like, I felt like I was in a barrel. Uh, and I would just hit, I finally hit rock bottom and I needed some help. So I decided, I got down on my knees and I asked God for some help. And sure enough, he, he got me out of that trouble. And ever since I have, um, I've been coming to church more. Um, I've been trying to be more active in the church stuff. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not used to this. Um, he led, he showed me love, something I have not known for a very long time, because um, in the past, I was just filled with hate, and that's all I ever, like, relied on, is to get me through the day was hate, hate, and after a while, that burns you out. But uh, God opened up um, a new chapter of my life and showed me love, and he's like, hey, man, you know, I don't know, I, I, I mean, I know what you're going through, but I'm going to get you through this. It's like, I know you had a rough patch growing up, but you are not alone, man. I just decided I wanted to share everybody that that's how I am here today, um, and
and uh, I'm grateful for God uh, showing me, you know, getting me here, you know. We are a gaggle of fraggles. Kingdom. Greenbrier is too, but... Um, you know, this is how he becomes real to people who don't know him. It's not over people who've got it all figured out. And that's how it comes off sometimes with the, the social media people. Like, oh, look at those Christians. They've got it all together. Yes, you can. Wait a minute, you got to have the microphone. I just want to say, give your life to Christ. Accept his forgiveness. This is so simple. Wipe the slate clean of everything you've done. Forgive everyone that's hurt you. Come to zero, zero and live a good life, and enjoy life. And that's it, right? I mean, and then follow, you know, Christ through church and studying and get into the Word. But wipe that slate clean. It's that simple. Everything you've ever done, over. That's the kingdom. That's everything Jesus came to do right there. You've made it hard. Let me make it easy. You've made it about the people that's in the temple that's got all the answers. Let me bring it to people who's walked it out. That's the purpose of your journey, your space, your intimate walk, your mistakes. Everything you've done has put you in this right moment, right time for him to say, you know what? You're worthy. I know what you did. You're worthy. I know what's been done to you. You're worthy. I know when you thought you got it right and you built some good stuff and then it all fell apart and you felt worthless, you're worthy. regardless of how you got here today. He's inviting you to follow him. To trust him. To hear his voice again or for the first time. And I know that's in that weird place like, I've never heard the audible voice of God. Christian, you just heard the voice of God through... A man. If you ask, you will receive. Ty, if you say that prayer and then you stop and just listen and begin to observe around you, God is moving. I want to challenge you today. This week, as you kind of spend your time in prayer, I want you to begin to ask this. God, how are you speaking to me? And how do you want to speak through me? It's going to be a really awkward moment because then you're going to be in situations and you're going to feel like this nudge, like you should go say something to somebody. Maybe it's to your mom or your dad or your spouse or whatever it is in that moment and he's just going to put something on your heart to say. And you're like, Ugh, I don't know if I can say that. It's weird. Are you sure? Because I think that's what has to happen, Gary. Is your freedom this morning, as you felt that because of the journey you've walked through, the testimony you've walked through, the love that you've received. You know what? If nothing else, I don't want him to walk out of here and not know this. What if the thing that God puts on your heart to say to somebody is the very thing that prevents them from taking a razor blade or a gun 
I know that's a lot of pressure. No pressure to it. But what if what you had to say comes out of your testimony better than it does out of mine? What if the smallest thing that you think has zero really worth because, oh, yeah, I know I had that to say, but I've said that all the time. But what if that one person has never heard it before? And that little key, that little nugget unlocks the rest of their life. What if that one thing that God's put in your heart connects them to him in a new way or for the first time ever? That's kingdom living. That's what Jesus came to do. Disciples, I want to sit with you. I want to talk to you. I want to share with you what this means. Why? Because when I'm out of here, I just need you to walk around and live life with people, speak to people, love people, give them truth. And tell them about this Jewish carpenter who came to give his everything for their something. That's what it's all about. Father, I thank you today. I thank you that you're building a church, not a brick and mortar, but of broken hearts and past mistakes. That as you're bringing all of these fractured journeys to you, and we begin to align with you the cornerstone of what love really looks like, what value really feels like. That more are coming. Father, I pray over the church as we begin to trust you and our connection to you, that we would trust the moments you have for us to share you with someone else. We would seek those moments. We would ask you for those moments. Because we want somebody else to feel what we felt. We want somebody else to know what we know. We want to declare your name above all names. We want to declare your faithfulness in all things. Go with us, lead us, and guide us. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.